What would you like for Christmas? On the naughty list, this is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show, it's Nathan and GJ with you today. And for this episode, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to kick it kind of casual, and we're going to talk about our Warhammer wish list for the year. We got a few questions to go through and just find out, well, what do we want for Warhammer Christmas and what do we want out of 2022? Before we get into that, let's check out some news and some hobby. GJ, what have you got for us this week? Well, I have been working on my ogres, as I have for, I believe, the past seven recordings, uh, maybe. Uh, I do get sidetracked a lot and uh, do some other stuff in between. I, I undercoated uh, uh, a couple of centigors. I uh, uh, gave them a nice little chestnut brown base coat with the airbrush. Uh, but I have finished those seven ogres. I just need to do their noblars and, and then a unit of noblars. And then I have my 500 points ogre army for my um, for the challenge. The, the Well, not the challenge, the uh, escalation campaign. And that's mostly what I've been doing. Uh, one tiny little fun thing was that we put up our uh, nativity scene today. And we, this is a, a plaster set that I actually inherited from my grandmother. And I think the set is at least about maybe 70 years old or so. Wow. And uh, my grandfather was a carpenter. He, he made a, a nice little stable to go along with the set. And uh, uh, But when I, I unpacked those plaster figures, I noticed that uh, Mary had literally lost her head. So I glued it back on, but um, some pieces of plaster had crumbled and they were missing. So I, I set about with, um, what's it called, milliputs, and, and then tried to mix up the correct colors to uh, repaint those areas. And it worked pretty well. Um, well, they're old, old statuettes. They are chipped and everything. So uh, I'm not going to touch up everything there. It, it's going to take too much time mixing up all the correct colors. But uh, yeah, I was pretty happy with how that turned out. Well, that's um, great. Yeah. Who who says that Warhammer doesn't teach the skills you need to be successful <laughs> in life? Look at that. Just fixing up old uh, antique statues. No problem. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, one of the many, many advantages of being a Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's that, there's the the constant women throwing themselves at you. I mean, it's, it's you know, we do so much as we're Oh, yeah, gamers, it right? happens all the time. Yeah, 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 we roll up on the club and, and, you know, it's just like, hey, ladies, I paint miniatures and, oh, you know, they, you just can't get them away from you. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool, though, DJ. I'm glad you were able to uh, to keep that in uh, in good shape. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, how about I, you? I, yeah, I actually have hobby to report which is wonderful and, and new and it feels so good again i have painted two minotaurs uh so i guess minotaur because minotaur is also plural but i have painted two of them uh, i'm hopefully going to paint a third one up very soon and have a, a minotaur regiment i've been in a kind of a beastman mood lately so that's what i thought i would do it's really nice i'm on christmas break now from school so i've got 
a little bit more time and I've actually been suffering from kind of bouts of insomnia. Uh, not so much getting to sleep, but like waking up really early and not being able to get back to sleep. So there's been a couple of like quarter to five uh, paint sessions where I've, I've knocked out a couple of these Minotaur. But it's, you know, if I'm going to be up anyway, I might as well be doing something a little productive. The other thing that I wanted to report was that we have a uh, winner from our uh, very first uh, War Games Orchard Super Serious Paint Challenge. And that was our very own Sean Boone, who painted Wugs. And Wugs was a brave little goblin who stole a massive chunk of Warpstone from some Skaven. And uh, he also stole the hearts of the voters on the Warhammer Orchard Facebook page. So he is the very first champion. So congratulations, Sean. Uh, on to this month's challenge, which is running right now and will run all the way until the new year. Uh, Bruce Sigrist, and I hope I'm pronouncing your uh, name right there, Bruce. Uh, he uh, painted up a wonderful goblin for our festive uh, spirit competition. Uh, she is a real piece of work, and I should have brought her up here, so I'm going to keep talking while I bring her up on Facebook. This is a this is a, a neat audio trick where the audience doesn't know that I'm really just stalling until I can find the name of this wonderful goblin that he painted. I, I yeah, did. Uh, I, tell them. I did mention on uh, when I when we crowned Bruce as the winner here that every poll that I do for the orchard or every vote that I do, it's always either dwarves or night goblins that win. So I think Bruce has a great uh, strategy here. And uh, so Mother Grub Grub is her name. And uh, she is a wonderful, I, I don't know where she is from. I almost feel like she might be a mantic miniature, uh, but she's a goblin uh, witch uh, done up in uh, green and, and red. So very Christmassy. She's got uh, a little banner with a list on it that she keeps names of uh, naughty and nice goblins, and she punishes uh, nice goblins. They, they get uh, their heads shrunken, and it's, it's all bad, but she gives naughty goblins nice gifts. I absolutely love this entry. Really, really good. So plenty of time to get your entries in for this one. Uh, I'm hoping that we're going to get a lot of entries in between Christmas and New Year's. Once once that initial kind of uh, shock of Christmas is over and people have a, a week or so to their to themselves, uh, I would love to see some more entries there. I've got my, I, my own entry started and uh, I'm hoping to have that finished sometime around Christmas, hopefully. But yeah, so that was a couple of things that I wanted to mention there. Otherwise... Had you already um, the Squig Christmas tree ornament uh, on another show? Oh, you know what? No, I did not. I did not mention the Christmas Squig ornament, so thank you for that. So that's Nick Jacob, uh, who uh, sent us in the lovely Christmas Squig ornament. And I think that he said, uh, like, it was a 3D printed thing. Yeah, that's what I remember as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and uh, I, I'm just realizing here that he wrote a little, uh, a little bit of history that I hadn't seen. So I'm gonna have to read that. But yeah, if you want to check any of this stuff out, hit us up at the Warhammer Orchard. And man, yeah, I want one of those squig ornaments for my Christmas tree. Uh, check out the Warhammer Orchard. Uh, we got lots of lots of fun stuff going on there, and and people post other stuff. It's not just the painting stuff. We got people posting their games played and their armies and. All the stuff that you love to see 
uh, when you're browsing Facebook and checking out Warhammer pages, because we're all on like 6,000 Warhammer pages. My entire feed is just Warhammer. It's kind of nice, actually. <laughs> the the best, part, best part of social media right there is when you can just be like, no, I'll just look at miniatures. Don't, don't tell me any of the terrible things going on. Yeah, got, got that with my Facebook, got that with my Instagram. Nice, nice. All right, GJ, let's start things off with our Warhammer wish list here. We got a, a few questions yeah. to go through, and I think uh, I think you can take the lead on these ones since I am the uh, I, I'm the guy who has the questions written down. So uh, the first one we're going to start off with is what model do you want to acquire in sometime in the new year? So in 2022, what do you want to have by the end of the year? It can be a particular model or regiment, any number of things, really. Well, I do have quite a lot of stuff still to patent, um, so there's not really one particular model that I'm on the lookout for. There are a lot of models that I have like uh, alerts for. Uh, one of them is uh, Arkhan the Black in his chariot. That's one that I would really like to have at some point. And also still a couple of uh, special characters that were around in 8th edition that are still also sold on the Games Workshop website. So I, I've got those on my wish list and I'll probably order them up at some point. I've got a couple of the start collecting boxes that I have on, uh, on my short list. Yeah, but there's not really one particular model or regiment that I I would like to get anytime very soon. I did, however, listen the other day to an episode of the Crown of Command podcast where Josh interviewed... Oh, I'm so terrible with names. Sorry, sorry mate, I can't remember your name, but um, someone from the Chaos Dwarfs uh, online community... And then I thought, okay, now I really want a Chaos Dwarf army. I, I, I wanted one before, but then I was actually actively looking at miniatures and um, looking also mostly at alternatives, but none of the alternatives quite do it for me. There's one guy who's made some pretty decent 3D prints that are definitely in line with the Chaos Dwarf aesthetic from the 4th edition. But yeah, I'm not sure what I want to do with that, or maybe just set aside some money and and wait for things on eBay or so. So uh, not really sure how to go about this, but that's something that I will definitely be thinking about also in the new year. Nice. Now, are you a you're you're a, an old school Chaos Dwarf guy, so the, like the big hat Chaos Dwarf, not the redone eighth ed Chaos Dwarfs. Because there's a real yeah, that's, uh, split there between people who like the the earlier style and the later style. And I'm I to no one's surprise am a fan of the earlier style, but I know several people who think they are just the silliest things in the world and really like the uh Tamerkin eighth ed style. Yeah, well they are of course the silliest things in the world, but that doesn't mean that they aren't nice. That is one hundred percent the case. Uh, when when I think of Chaos Dwarfs, I think of those uh, Hero Hammer era miniatures, and I will probably need to get some of the later eighth edition skulls. Well, I have a couple that are sitting with a with a Hell Cannon that I have. Those are of the later persuasion, and in the eighth edition um, version, they did have some miniatures 
that did not get representation in fourth edition, um, such as the uh, the blunder blunder buses were, I think, replaced or at least um, added to with a regiment with fire capes. So those models you can't get in the Hero Hammer era style. So I would probably have to think of something because I, when, when I buy an army, I want to play it in all editions and I'm not really picky about which models I have and I'll mix them up freely. But uh, there's a big difference in the static between the Chaos Dwarves of 4th edition and the Chaos Dwarves of 8th edition. So I'm not really sure how, how I'm going to go about with that just yet. You're an absolute anarchist, mixing models between editions. This guy, nothing would trigger me so hard as if someone brought <laughs> like a bunch of 4th ed and a bunch of 8th ed Chaos Dwarfs and just put them all on the table. Oh, yeah, and, and, and I'll, <laughs> I'll throw in some 3D prints and some third-party models. and uh, oh, yeah. oh, you, you madman, madman. <laughs> and, and I can probably think of some fluff reasons as to why my army looks like that. <laughs> like Dwarf's Hill from different parts of the, uh, yeah. <laughs> of the Chaos Dwarf realms. To, uh, what what would the eighth ed chaos dwarfs think of seeing the fourth ed chaos dwarfs? Like, what far flung part of the chaos dwarf empire would they have to be from? You've got these guys who are dressed basically like chaos warriors, and they're just looking at these these huge stovepipe hats and the curly beards and and all the wild stuff that they had in fourth ed. That would be incredible. I want to see that meeting. I want to just be. I want to see the most confused looking chaos dwarf lord of all time being like. So, so where are you guys from? <laughs> Why not flip it around and have the fourth at once be the standard and the eighth at once be the outcasts from maybe a different part of the old world? Mm. Or maybe from, like the from, northern from, part from of the colonies. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the northern part with more chaos influence, you know, like kind of like the, uh, the Skulllands, kind of that, that northern area. Maybe they're more influenced yeah. by, by what they see the, uh, the human marauder tribes wearing and doing actually oh man you could really yeah yeah because then the uh the more ornate fourth ed dwarves are from czar Nagrant, and they're the ones that have all the fancy gear right because they're they consider yeah. themselves like above the oh man this is okay i'm back into this gj all right all right you you got See, me it's, it's not too hard to pick <laughs> up me. some some fluffy reasons as to why your army looks like a bunch of models that have been literally grab from every place you can find them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what is your favorite of that chaos dwarf line the fourth head chaos dwarf line like do you have a, a particular unit that you like more than the others well yeah i do like the uh both the aesthetic and the rules of the blunderbusses um it's just if you read the rules and it's been a while since i did that so i hope i'm not misrepresenting them but it's basically you you draw a I think it was twelve inch line or something maybe maybe a little bit longer uh, from both of the corners of your unit and, and goes straight forward and does it creates a sort of rectangle and everything that's underneath that rectangle the first model it's hit it hits that's what gets a lot of owie and. It doesn't matter if that's a, a friendly model or if it's an enemy model. It's just you fire it in a sort of big block of 
hey, uh, yeah, what do they shoot? Like like little bullets or pellets, and uh, rather indiscriminate as to what it hits. Yeah, that's a great choice. I love the the look of those blunderbuss too, because they were so over the top, right? With those those huge yeah. openings, and they yeah, they look they look nasty, but they look also silly, which is the perfect chaos dwarf aesthetic. I agree with you there. Uh, for me, it was the bull centaur. I just thought they were the coolest looking things oh, yeah. in the world. And I actually really like the eighth ed ones too. They they of course had the whole uh you know glow up uh scale creep thing, where they became monstrous uh cavalry i guess instead of you know on the regular cavalry basis but i loved loved those old uh those old bull centaur nothing really did the games workshop red period justice like the chaos dwarves like that army was so red always and i don't think i've ever really seen yes. it painted differently like i think everyone was just like yeah this is how they should look absolutely cool yeah no discussion so for my model uh, I want to get my hands on Nagash. That's what I've decided. And and fourth ed Nagash, of course. Uh, the greatest Nagash. I, uh, you know what? <laughs> the it's... most beautiful sculpt in the entire GW range. Absolutely. I just love the history <laughs> of that model. I think that's so cool. From from someone who who really loves the lore and and not only the the lore of the game but the lore around the game. You know, how things worked out, how things changed over the editions. Nagash is just such a great encapsulation of its era and its time. And I I do like the end times Nagash that, that came out. He's just a little too big for me. I'm not super duper into to big models and uh I wouldn't I would never have really any reason to use him, and I, I wouldn't have reason to use uh Nagash, the, the fourth ed model either. <laughs> But he is much smaller and therefore easier to store. Yeah, that is one that I, I've i I've been looking around for a while. And every now and then he'll come up and he'll be semi-reasonable as far as prices go. And I'll I'll just be like kind of hover-handing it, just thinking. And I've never pulled the trigger just yet. But I'm thinking this is, this is the time. I'm going to see maybe if I can find it for... I'll buy it for myself uh, as a birthday gift or something if I can find it as a at a uh, a reasonable price at some point. But I just think he'd be so much fun to have and, and talk about. He's, you know, such a pivotal part of the Warhammer world. And he went for so long just being, you know, this this shadowy figure in the background after Hero Hammer uh, because he, he was obviously way too powerful to to have as, a, as an actual miniature on the tabletop. But I love for this brief, period in in the 90s you could just you could field Nagash he was on a 40 millimeter base he looked absolutely ridiculous and it's wonderful <laughs> it's just wonderful so that is the guy that I would like good choice yeah I, I do hope you find him yeah I'm sure I will it's just it's finding him for the price right because it's one of yeah. those models where some people are just like oh I have this Nagash he's gonna be $200 and I'm like $200 that's Arcan the black money you're not getting that from Nagash I will pay yeah. I will pay upwards of probably $70 including shipping. That that's kind of my upper limit. And it would have to yeah, be Yeah, that sounds know, reasonable. Uh, I, I think I got them for uh, around 40 euros or so including shipping. Yeah, so exchange rate wise that's actually so, yeah. probably about the same. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So, so that's that's my guy. I I would really like to have him just to to build him, to paint him and put him somewhere and and you know look at him every now and then and, and find joy in that i uh i've been reading a lot of the undead book recently 
uh and that one of the absolute best books ever and so that's kind of that's kind of got me on it and i i got ariel last year and uh, i got her for for my birthday for for myself and uh yeah that's one of those other models that it, it lived for such a short amount of time but it's so neat and it's so different and i kind of feel that way about nagash and that's why i why i need to yeah need to get my hands on about some all right i also got ariel on my uh, on my wish list mm. yeah yeah she, but I'm, uh, I'm not going to trade you my nagash for her no, or something like that that's okay well because then then i'd need to get an ariel again and you'd need to get a nagash yeah. again, so that wouldn't work <laughs> Well, we, we we can check what the market is like in in Europe and in Canada, and uh, maybe Ooh, if I can find a Nagash for cheap, and you can find an, an Ariel for cheap, then uh, yeah. we can set up a trade. Yeah, halfway uh, across the Atlantic. And speaking of the market here, and I know I've complained to you you about this before, but I don't know if I've complained about it on the show proper. I am getting real tired of the Facebook posts, and most of them are from the UK, but some of them are from mainland Europe as well. Where it's just they they're all the same as well, and there's just. I'm cleaning out the attic. Look at the stuff that I found. And it un- it's always like 16 boxes of ultra rare Warhammer, you know, Man of War, uh, the original Space Hulk, Epic, you know, Titan Legions. And people yes, are just everything showing stuff. new in box. What is what is going on over there? What does everyone oh, yeah, yeah. have an attic that just comes stock full of uh, incredible <laughs> old 90s miniatures because i'm moving if that's the case like if i can find a well, house that has one of these yeah, yeah i'm coming <laughs> I, I i have a house with those uh, 90s miniatures in the attic except that those are mine and they are hard uh, bought for in most cases yeah. but um yeah I, I think it's mostly the case of people that have been gaming back in the day and in like the late 80s early 90s and then they stopped for whatever reason left their stuff at their parents house and then they they later discovered oh we still have this and uh, are people still playing it so oh, it's maybe worth a lot of money maybe i'll sell it or i forgot i had it so that happened to me at some point i, I had the seventh uh, edition orc uh, starter army set and uh, when I moved, I I was thinking, well, I, I should have more orcs. Where are they? And then I looked back at my parents' place under my bed, and there was this uh, 7th edition starter box um, that I completely forgotten to, to move along the first time around. I think it's just a case of too many miniatures. Yeah, I bet that's a great feeling to find that and just be like, wow, I totally forgot I had this or I, I didn't know where this had gone. But man, it's it's tough when you're on Facebook and you're just like, oh, hey, here's another person cleaning out their attic and finding like a thousand dollars worth of, of incredible old, wonderful miniatures. It it just gets on my nerves sometimes because I'm just like, you don't appreciate it. Send them to me. I would appreciate them. <laughs> like they're that little lizard brain part of my head that that's just so envious of, of being able to discover something like that. Uh, yeah, there's there's very yeah, but few it's the other way around Canada. as well, because I, I yeah. see a lot of things that are um, sold in the US. Or, and then I think, well, yeah, I would like that. But shipping is just it makes it not feasible for me. So jealousy goes both ways. All right. Well, as long as we can both be jealous, that's the important thing. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it fair. 
So let's move on to our second question here. Uh, what is going to be your hobby accomplishment for 2022? Or what would you like it to be? Let's say, put it that way, because we don't always get what we want as yeah. far as these things go. But yeah, what are, what are you thinking might be on GJ's uh, paint and gaming table this year? Well, uh, for my painting table, I know for sure there's going to be high elves. Um, because I entered into the uh, Gathering of Mighty Painters Challenge starting on January. And I had already painted up a couple of high elves, not enough to form an army. And then I well, got sidetracked again, um, I'll admit it. <laughs> And and then I started to to do stuff for other armies and uh, get some other armies to to go to uh, at least a sort of 500 points list and then I'm thinking of maybe doing some more of those as well. But then there was a call for a fourth edition army and I thought, well, I have all these high elves that I had been prepping, but haven't really done anything else with. So I'm going to use those high elves and I'm going to enter them as in the challenge. And if I'm done with the challenge and I do the bare minimum that I entered, I will have at that point a nice little core army of high elves with a couple of units of spearmen and some archers. And um, I have the, uh, I got a sorcerer on the, uh, on the steeds that I'm painting up. Got a bolt thrower that I entered. Imric on his dragon, and then I already have the Hippogriff and the Illyrian Reavers. No, sorry, it's the Griffon, not the Hippogriff. Uh, and the Mage from the Island of Blood set. And I got some lot of Sea Guard and um, a Phoenix Guard that are also lined up. Uh, Phoenix Guard of 4th edition and Sea Guard are also from the Island of Blood, some Sword Masters. So if I do them all, then... I will have a nice army and got a lot of those extra plastic spearmen and archers that I, well, I was thinking if I'm going to do 10 of each, why not just undercoat all 70 of each and see just how far this will take me. Awesome. Uh, as to oh. gaming, I do hope to, to get some games with the 6th edition escalation campaign. So that means that, um, well, I, I have my Dark Elf Force complete, my Ogres almost complete, I need to do some stuff for Chaos and then some Lizardmen, but uh, the Lizardmen are going to be mostly contrast paints, so that's going to be quickly. Uh, so I hope to do that. I, I'm probably going to do another campaign in the, sorry, another scenario in the, what's it called, the Circle of Blood campaign set for 5th edition, but for that I also need to make some mounted um, mounted squires, I believe they are called in fifth edition. Uh, also very very hard to come by, so those are going to be third party models. Got the uh, uh, models from the Perry Twins. They they did some excellent uh, light cavalry for the Battle of Agincourt. Um, or at least I think they're even broader than that. It's uh, yeah, light cavalry fourteen fifty to fifteen hundred. So the scale is a little bit off. I'm not going to mix them in amongst the knights, and it makes sense for the the knights, especially the grill knights, to have bigger horses than the peasantry. I think so. Uh, I I think I can get away with that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen those ones as as proxies for the uh, the mounted yeoman and and that kind of thing before, and I I feel like they look really really good. 
I've I've been eyeing up a lot of Perry miniatures over the years as well. So I think you're in a yeah, good spot actually, for that. In the um in the twenty eight millimeter historical scale and not the thirty two millimeter hero hammer scale. So you should not mix them up in the same units, but if you if you do them as separate units, then I don't think it will make much of a difference. Yeah, yeah, that's the big thing. They 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 look really weird next to each other, but as separate units, I think you can kind of fool the eye to to just be like, oh yeah. And also, like you said, Grail Knights should be bigger. You know, they're blessed and they're they're cooler. So they they got big. <laughs> that's how that works, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Those those are some great great hobby goals for the year. The high elf stuff. I'm I'm gonna look forward to to seeing how that all comes together. That sounds like a big job, but I mean, if you've if you've got uh, how long do you have to put all that together for the challenge? Is that is that a year long thing? Uh, no, it's uh, half a year. Oh, half a year. Okay. And and, and you have uh, you have monthly goals. So the uh, first goal it, it, it depends on the army you have, but it's it's basically it's a unit and then character and then a unit and then uh, then a monster and then a unit and then a war machine. And finish up with the units. Also, the seven months. Okay. And, and you, there was a, an opportunity to take a mulligan, so maybe a little bit longer than seven months, but uh, not not a full year at least. And you can basically do anything. In fifth edition, units are five models minimum. So if you want to do five models for one month, then that's cool. Oh, so you've got a little bit of freedom there. Really. It's not too bad. Yeah. So I, I entered, well, not the bare minimum, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to sit down for five models in a unit uh, if I'm going to do that on um, them simultaneously. So I'm going to do that in those small units. And then if I have time left and if I want to paint more out, then I'll just extend those units to uh, 20 or 30 or something. It all depends on how it goes. That's a good plan. Yeah, yeah it gives you some some leeway there if it's if you're especially busy or if you've got that extra time that's a very cool challenge that'll be a fun one to watch for sure yeah so my hobby dreams are are very modest honestly <laughs> uh you know i as far as gaming goes i i hope to play some that that's about it that's that's what i've got <laughs> uh it's just i've got two semesters of of school that that kind of bridge over 2022 i'll have my winter semester for for this year and then my my second year starts in september so this is kind of the the big heavy year for for my program so I, i'm under no illusion that i'm gonna get a lot done i i kind of wanted to cheat here because I don't have a yeah, I don't have a ton of, of stuff. I'm I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing for for painting, which is when I have the time and kind of whatever strikes my fancy. I'm I'm not going to try and do too much on a single army or anything like that. I've got thousands of miniatures so they could all use some love. And uh, I'm just going to let let my heart guide me to, to whatever wants to uh, whatever it wants to paint. Right now, I've been I've been heavy on Beastmen. So I, I've been wanting to paint up those minotaur but i could see myself doing doing some other stuff as the year progresses i usually switch up whatever i'm interested in and over the course of like three weeks or so that's that's about my uh attention span for <laughs> for painting any one thing unless i'm really trying to get something 
uh, on the table. So yeah, for... it's a great motivator to to get something painted for a for a battle. That's it. That's it. And and this year I'm gonna have so few of those that it's it's hard. And I might I might try and go heavier in the summer when I'm off school. But at the same time, what I really want to do this year is do video for the orchard and uh, change up kind of how we do the podcast a little bit. But those things, I don't know if I want to mention them as as hobby things, but I also think that I guess the largest way that I interact with Warhammer right now is doing this podcast. And it's one of my favorite ways to interact with the game and, and and feel connected to the the game and the community is by talking about it so i think maybe i that that is going to be my uh my hobby accomplishment i, I want to i i've already started some video work that i'm going to do over the christmas break my goal for that is to have two videos up on the uh war games orchard youtube channel and if you've seen any of those to this point uh, be assured that these ones that I'm making will have monumentally higher production value. Uh, part of what I'm going to school for is learning how to create content, including video content. So I'm not professional at it uh, at this point, since I've only been going to school for a few months. But I can make things that are much, much better than the things that I was making earlier this year. And so I'm excited about doing that. Yeah, that, that intro you posted on the Patreon for the uh, Lost Units that looked awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the thing, and those are the videos that I want to do right now because I can do them. They're short, they're sweet, and they're fun and interesting. So the very first Lost Warhammer video, and I shouldn't say the very first because I've done a few that are uh, just me playing around earlier. But the the first one that I'm I'm going to make this break is about the wonderfully silly lizard men special characters of fifth edition and uh they're they're funny naming conventions so that should be a good one but the big thing for me is just stay connected to the hobby whichever way i can and i was always one of those weird kids who you know people dream of being uh athletes or or you know uh being being center stage and you know i was the kid that picked up a marker and then did running commentary on the kids who were pretending to be athletes like that was my thing so (laughs) i i I don't think i can fight it much longer i think this is this is kind of the stuff that i was i was meant to do not to do the thing but to talk about the thing so (laughs) that's that's what i'm gonna try for this year and uh yeah hopefully it'll be lots of fun and uh any games and any hobby that I can do in between all of those things will be icing on the cake. Awesome. All right. Now let's move outside of our own little bubbles here and let's talk about the old world. So the old world, uh, it's quite a game. We've talked about it a lot considering it doesn't exist yet. A uh, simple question here. What do you want to see for the old world in 2022. Uh, so this could be previews. This could be, I mean, if you want to dream big and dream for a release, that's, that's on you. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let myself get that excited, but yeah. What, what would you like to see games workshop do on the old world front? Yeah. Just more releases, more information. Uh, that would be great. 
a little update now and again. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be a whole list of, uh, yes, it's going to be on square bases, rest assured. Uh, the, not, nothing like that scale or scope, just a little bit here and there, just to keep everybody interested and keep everybody's interests uh, warm. And uh, yeah, I, I'm actually hoping that they are not going to release yet next year because I do want to save up some more money for when it actually hits and the money that I'm trying to save now is usually just draining away whenever I see a good deal coming along um, or yeah see some of those models that I mentioned earlier and they just pop up for a reasonable price and then uh, there go savings which which I think is a problem that many of us gamers have, then uh, yeah, let them just uh, do those, get, get into the market. I think I, th I think GW is just letting a lot of cash uh, pass them by, by, by not releasing or re-releasing any of those old miniatures that they are that are still in very high demand. Yeah, that's something that really bothers me as well. It's nice to see that the community is able to make what are basically reproductions in 3D printing of of some unit types and things that have have gone the way of the dodo but at the same time it it would be really nice to be able to get those specific models preferably in metal but you know if it was originally a plastic model I'll, I'll settle for plastic as well yeah i for me it's i want better communication is really like that's that's the number one yeah. thing for christmas and i i know that i i went off on this when we did our our last big old world episode but my god learn how to market a game like really come on how how does this thing not have a website yet and games workshops have they've done it for other games they've done it they've made websites for really weird stuff before like dedicated websites outside of their own uh, gamesworkshop.com and i cannot for the life of me re fathom why we can't get a website for warhammer the old world and just fill it with just empty calorie content and what i mean by that is is stuff that you're making anyway things like pictures of uh concept art stuff like that stuff that you're already doing for this game in the background do you know how hype I could get about seeing dumb concept art? <laughs> I could get unreasonably excited about it. And Oh, yeah. yeah there's like, at least another five episodes in there. Oh, for sure. For sure. I get a lot of content out of that. And yeah, if they, now Games Workshop is always a, a really difficult company to like. You know, they, they make it hard on themselves. They're, they're not... It's always so fun whenever you see... You know, for us lifers, for for us who are, are tied to these stupid games until we're dead and we know it, it, it's always interesting to see the influx of new players that kind of come and go, right? They, 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 they ebb and they flow. And, and the last big one was, I think, 40k 8th edition, right? When 40k got its big reboot and people were joining and then, you know, uh, Games Workshop really exploded in terms of you know profits and visibility and, and mainstream appeal and everything and it was so interesting to see people who were genuinely like 
yeah, oh man, isn't this all so great? Like this company, like look at these cool things that they do. And there's all of us old grumblers and, and, and no one can understand. They're all just like, oh, why do you hate Games Workshop so much? And we're just like, wait for it, buddy. Wait for it. <laughs> and uh, so now it's interesting to see, too, because uh, the that that community that came in has kind of started to to come around to the oh, you know, it's not all it's not all roses and nice smells from from Games Workshop. And it's 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 always fun to to watch that transition play out because it's happened a few times, I think, in in the span of time that I have been in and around the hobby where you you'll get a big influx of new players because of an addition or just you know the the natural ebb and flow of of commerce and and there's this giant outpouring of of optimism and and love and then it all kind of curdles and sours and i'm there with my grinch feet and then up on my mountain and just like ha you know um <laughs> but at the same time it's it's one of those I'm things i'm not gonna say i told you so yeah but... yeah and at the same time, I try not to be ultra negative because there's there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of voices in our community that are that are ultra negative on Games Workshop. And I, I do think they deserve it for the most part. At the same time, I do try and keep it in perspective that they still are responsible for making these games that I absolutely love and, and that have been such a big part of my life and my my childhood and my hobby and things that I love to talk about and there's still a lot of very talented people that work at Games Workshop, even if I don't agree with a lot of the things they do. I think they're very anti-consumer, but all I can do is not buy from them. That, that's it. Like that is that is my one and only recourse, and that is the one and only recourse that you have against any company that you're you're not pleased with them. And I, I just think you can kind of leave it at that. But man, I got way off track here, didn't I? Where, where were we talking about? Oh, what did you want to see out of the old world? <laughs> Okay, yes, old man yells at Games Workshop. This is <laughs> this is about on par, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh so yeah, a better communication, I think is where I started talking about this. I I just want them to do more. I I or yeah. just say more. You know, I I know like I don't think we're going to see anything super concrete about the old world this year and I I think we would have if not for COVID. I think COVID really really yeah. pushed things back for them. And you can see I, that I have heard some, some some things uh, about that indeed that they are just um, right at the moment they have pushed back some releases. Uh, the Lord of the Rings community has been uh, grumbling about that as well. They they had the fall of the Necromancer source book. They had already announced it uh, back in the spring, I believe, and it was only just released a couple of months ago. Is something that they would have wanted to do sooner but just weren't able to do because of, well, yeah, COVID and all kinds of other stuff has been happening to them. So uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's hitting us all. And then everybody who's sitting at home, um, hopefully still getting paid and, and suddenly with a lot of time to paint miniatures on their hands, they do want a company like Games Workshop to continue, but they also have to keep in mind that they are hit as well, and and they are um, losing employers to the illness and uh, well, employees, right? The, uh, mm. the people who work. So yeah, that's that's it's rough on everybody. Absolutely. This this last little while, and uh, we were talking just before the show. In fact, uh, I had to cancel a Christmas party that I've been really really looking forward to. Super excited for that was going to go on tonight, and. Uh, 
we just had we had basically too many people that were were kind of too concerned about about the the pandemic which is uh things have have kind of gone off the rails for us in nova scotia for the the past week and and you were telling me that there's a, a fresh set of lockdowns in the netherlands and it's man yes. it's it's tough especially this one this one was tough right coming coming so close to christmas and oh man yeah i'm I'm here i'm sitting dejectedly in my uh my stupid christmas sweater that i i got specifically for this christmas party it says uh merry christmas you filthy animal it's, it's from the first home alone movie i think or the second one one of the two but uh, yeah it's man it, it sucks all over i guess that's <laughs> i guess that's the moral yeah. of the story here yeah boy this is an uplifting episode wish you a merry lockdown. yeah yeah seriously uh all right let's let's move on to our, our final question here and this is this is the most general of all of them beyond games workshop and beyond uh the the warhammer sphere of influence i guess what do you want to see in wargaming is there any games that you're excited about is there any models any any miniature manufacturers that you really like uh yeah any any games that you would love they, they could be real or just a game that you would like to have exist because i have one of those so yeah what do you what do you want from the wider wargaming community well yeah i, I don't really have too much to do with the wider wargaming world I mean, uh, GW sort of owns my soul, and I do get some miniatures from other companies, but I'm, I am using them in my games of Warhammer. So I, I hope I'm not cheating with this question, but what I would like to see is more stuff that can be used in games of Warhammer and that actually, well, sort of resembles the stuff that I'm looking for. Uh, you have a lot of things like the the aforementioned uh, mounted yeoman that are just uh, can be used for them and they work great um, but also some some more fantasy miniatures the uh, dare I say big headed chaos dwarfs um, yeah give me uh, 10 different companies that make those and fortunately there are some companies that have those miniatures and or those kinds of miniatures and, and they are out there and um, there's a lot of things you can do with third-party miniatures but sometimes it's it's also yeah it's 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 kind of what i'm after but also not really if you catch my drift <laughs> but yeah there's there's always this problem that copyright and uh, copyright infringement and lots of lawyers um getting lots of money and us not getting any new miniatures. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's fair. I think you do have a pretty good chance of getting some of that uh, Christmas wish fulfilled, though, because the the amount of of different places, especially that offer three D printing and they're making these models that are reminiscent, at least of of the Hero yes. Hammer era and and those kind of things. Uh, it's certainly exploded over the last year. I would I would think that that would continue as well that's a really exciting part of uh, yeah it probably the, will the hobby. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah i had been thinking about spending my my birthday money on a 3d printer or at least saving up for a 3d printer but um in the end i decided to uh, at least wait another year so that that would be another two years then because uh 3d printing is like an art in and of itself and i don't know if i have the 
room to set up a printer and to to make it work the way I want to. I I hear you with that. Yeah. That's the that's the thing with me as well. Like I all I want for Christmas is a 3D yeah. printer that's super easy to use. Uh you know, doesn't doesn't need me fiddling with with anything. Uh folds down and stores under my bed. Doesn't give off any fumes or anything and uh is super cheap and super high quality. Those <laughs> if, yes. like I don't know why no one's made that yet. I I don't understand. That's I mean, I think those are all very uh yeah. sensible requirements very reasonable <laughs> very yeah. reasonable yeah yeah so yeah. i i am did you already mention cheap as well yes i or i think i mentioned cheap if i didn't mean mention cheap i do mean cheap i i have I, a I'm very small sure, budget yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> here's the, yeah, that yeah. that is the thing i'm so glad you mentioned that about 3d printing i kind of feel like waiting as well because i the tech is only going to get better and it's gotten so good it's, it's gotten so good but I don't need another hobby on top of the hobbies that I have. I have too many hobbies and trying to figure out 3D printing and getting good at 3D printing. I just I don't want to. I just don't want to. So if I can if I can wait a few years and like 3D printing's gotten good enough now. So it's just, you know, plug and play. Then I'm all in. Yes. All in. But before that, no, I'll stick to my. That's that's what I'm going to do as well. Yeah, Yeah, that's a That's a great one. For what I want to see for wargaming, uh, I want to see, and I'm I'm gonna get one of these wishes at least, uh, because one of the the coolest companies I think that that's out there these days is uh, Wargames Atlantic. Their stuff is just great. It's great value. You get so much uh, in terms of of pure miniatures in a box. It's it's absolutely wild, and their range is expanding at a breakneck pace, and they're all multi part plastics. The, the nice kind of modular plastics that that were the the stock and and uh trade of the early aughts kind of you know when when everything had you know two arms it, it had the the legs the torso the head and you could out in a bunch of bits right that that kind of thing and i love those miniatures yes um lots of bits lots, lots of, of different bits, options yeah. yeah do do love that i i really miss bits I, I don't get bits anymore because all i buy is basically uh hand miniatures so i i don't collect bits anymore and it's sad because every now and then you're just like man i wish i had this one sword or this one thing and i used to have so many bits and it was one of the various purges that i've done in my life where i was just like ah you know i've got this huge bits box uh, I, I wasn't sure where where my hobby future was going to take me and i was like you know what i don't know if i've got space for all this let's just let's just put it up and see if somebody wants it oh boy that was a mistake there's there's been a few mistakes for me for getting rid of miniatures but that was one of them yeah that's anyway bits bits are great i wish i had more i guess is the moral of that story but the other thing that i want to see out of wargaming this year and someone please get this license and, and make these miniatures and make them fast for me because all i want is dune miniatures i want a dune miniature game and i want them based on the designs from the movie because and not the 1984 movie i do love the 1984 movie don't let anyone tell you that i don't because that is one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time uh but the 2020 dune is my favorite sci-fi movie of all time so that yeah it's i want it so bad all I can think about is is painting up some Sardukar and and some Fremen and just like making them fight and having a giant sandworm 
that just bursts out of the table and it's it's like 12 inches high and it just eats half your army and i'm just like ah yes the spikes must flow that's all i want (laughs) that's all i want yeah sorry awesome yeah, yeah. I have mean, you thought? Uh, well, since you have so many hobbies, have you thought about taking up the hobby game design? No, no. I, you know, I love, I love looking at game design. I love watching it, and and it was part of the reason that I do the retrospectives on this show. Is I love to see how things change between eras and the ideas that the designers have to make an idea in lore come to life on the tabletop. I love stuff like that, but I. And I, I could design stuff like that. I, I've certainly got the imagination for it. What I don't have is, I guess, the those kind of math skills and, and logic skills to make anything like that any like with any form of balance. That's my thing. I, I don't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how you do that. And I mean, I mean, if you've seen some games out there, maybe maybe it's harder than it looks. But I that's where I fall down. I would love to be involved in game design from a lore standpoint, like making up uh, units and making up that kind of thing, that creative side of it. Uh, maybe don't let me stat them, <laughs> is all. <laughs> oh, I'll stat your units, don't worry. There we go, there we go. You and, me, you and me together, we will make Dune. It'll be great. Oh my god. Be yeah, so sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, movie. Have you not seen that movie? No, I have not. Not oh, yet. TJ, you need you need to see Dune. I am, I am I, just I, I, I know I need it. to. It's just that I, I haven't had, uh, had a chance. It got earlier this year, right? Yeah, yeah. It was this fall. I think it was October. Yeah, then it's not on any streaming platform yet. I'll see it at some point. But uh... Although, with Dune, I do think you you bring the girls and you teach them the ways of Arrakis. And... <laughs> You know, by the time they're like four or five, you know, they'll be worm riding and, and uh, you know, overthrowing the Imperium and all sorts of stuff. It'll be great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I will expose them to uh, that kind of stuff. And uh, to the dismay of my wife, I, I can honestly say. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, she, she accepts that that is the, her lot in life. <laughs> Yeah, so and, you gotta uh, gotta put up well, with with you. The youngest sister teaching the kids yeah. how to be nerdy. We're, we're, that's exactly it. Yeah, and the youngest is a bit too young. Uh, the oldest is um, she loves sitting here at my painting table and then just uh, looking at things. And then I've even painted a couple of things with her sitting on my lap, which is far from ideal uh, from a painting perspective, but. Uh, it's a great way to get her involved, and uh, she's still really in love with the uh, Ogre King trailer from the the, the song the, from the Total War Warhammer trailer. So she asks to uh, to watch that every time. That makes and, me uh, unreasonably happy. I love yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's a good thing that she doesn't yet understand that they're eating feet and everything. Probably, probably, yeah, yeah. You won't, won't get to that part. But here's the thing, though, with with Ogre Kingdoms, you got those big models probably pretty good for a, a starter model for, for a kid to get painting on. So That's true. I yeah. still got a lot of those left, so... Yeah, yeah but they are well, fairly detailed. So. They are, they are, I was yeah. thinking about starter models maybe, maybe more in line with the... Uh, monopost plastics for like the bretonian arches or something like that for, for when they're a little bit older 
that'd be a good one. Honestly, the, I, I the... did see something that's very hopeful, by the way, which was that someone posted up a picture of a small game with his daughter of 3.75 years old. And uh, mine's two now, so I thought, well, yeah, just uh, one year and nine months and we'll be having our own bet. <laughs> oh, man, that's trying to play Warhammer with a three-year-old. That is, that's dedication. That is real. Like I've known a lot <laughs> yeah. of three-year-olds in my time, and that is, but man, that that's so cool. I'm I'm so glad people are doing that. That's I mean, as soon as I have a kid, it's it's game over. You know, they're I'm gonna be I'm gonna be reading them the fifth edition yes. rule book in the womb. I'm gonna wait till they're born. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna have to come out knowing uh the uh to hit and to wound charts. That's, that's gonna be the first. They're they're. <laughs> yeah. Uh, their 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 first word is going to be uh like saving throw. It's, it's gonna it's not even that's even two words, but it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be it. And it's gonna be saving throw. And I'll be like, okay, yeah. and I'll go get a dice and roll it for them. But yeah, uh, that's so great. That's so great. Well, we're uh we're just about out of stuff for this episode. This is one where we were a bit on a time crunch, so not uh not going the distance on this one. Before we stop though, I just had a thought. What was your favorite thing that you painted up or, or uh, put together this year? Oh, that's a very good one. Uh, no, I, I really enjoyed the painting of the little girl for the Orchard Challenge, the first one. Oh, she's fantastic. Um, yeah, I can the, see that she'd be a fun one. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, maybe of all time, but at least for this past year. Uh, that one or the Fey Enchantress, which was also a joy to paint, the 5th edition model. Um, yeah, lots of detail on that as well. Uh, the cloak with all the little fleur-de-lis that you had to paint on manually. It's not like a quick dry brush and then you're done. It's just... Uh, but, but it's a, a re really fun models to, to paint, uh, both of them. And and the big Nagash model that, uh, that you mentioned for 8th edition, uh, for, for the end times, that's also one that I painted and also one that I quite enjoyed doing. It's uh, nice to do uh, a very big model from time to time. Can do a lot of experimenting in that on that one as well. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 real commitments. Those those big models, but once you finish them, you're just like yeah yeah it's so nice you're just like oh look what i did this is really cool i've got uh scarbrand kicking around that i've been meaning to do oh for nice ages. yeah and i should really i should really get him painted up at some point he's he's there built and undercoated and in a box just looking at me angrily because i mean he does everything angrily but <laughs> uh for for me i was trying to think about this because i, I painted a lot less this year than i have painted in previous years but going back kind of to the the earlier part of the year i was i was painting a lot more and i think for me my favorite thing might have been my warriors of chaos that i was painting for the storm of chaos campaign that we ran in the summer on the orchard and i think there is the their very first regiment that i did of those guys and they were just kind of a, a nice like black, but with the the highlights all done in blue. So it looks it looks kind of like they're they're almost like a midnight blue, like a very Zinchian vibe to them. I, I think that regiment might be my favorite one this year because it just it turned out so nice. And then I was able to theme the entire army around doing that 
paint scheme, but changing up the highlight colors to give them like either deep red look or deep green or, or deep blue. And I really like that as a uh, as a theme for this army of, of all of the gods, kind of uh, a big chaos undivided force. So, yeah, I think that that would end up being yeah. mine. Um, but a lot of a lot of fun stuff this year. The Imperial Guardsmen that I painted up, I painted up a squad of second ed Cadians to represent chaos worshiping gene stealer cultists after I did the gene stealer episode on the show because I was just so into it at the time. And I, I still want to do that. That's that's still my plan for those Imperial Guard second ed models that I have. And they came out really well as well. But uh, I, I still haven't done the whole force of them. Whereas with the chaos stuff, I actually got a, a pretty decent sized army done in, in not a lot of time. So I think that's going to be my favorite. And I think that's going to about do it for this show. I uh, hope you guys yeah, have awesome. had a great time listening. Uh, we had a good time having a nice little chat. And until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the War Games Orchard. If you enjoy the show, why not join us on Patreon? There you'll gain access to all of our bonus content for any level of donation. It's a great way to help us keep going and enjoy extra Orchard content. If Patreon's not your thing, please consider giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice and sharing this show with friends. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard and The War Games Orchard, or by email at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. <laughs>